Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Rated MR for Mike Rosen. Now the reviews are in. It's Mike Rosen at the movies on KOA News Radio, 850 AM and 94.1 FM. Welcome to another Saturday morning. Christian Toto alongside. As always, you can see Christian's work at HollywoodInToto.com and tweet with him on Twitter at HollywoodInToto, T O T O. Hello, Christian. Hello, hello. Another beautiful Saturday morning in Colorado. And it's good to be here in summertime, let me tell you. We both grew up in New York, and it's listen, hot and humid in New York. hot humid and sticky, and you don't get it here. I remember getting up in the morning to go to work, mm-hmm. putting on a suit and a tie. That's the way people dressed back then. I have to walk a few blocks to the subway, uh-huh. and within half a block, your shirt is wet already yes, in the yes. summer. So. What's happening at Hollywood and Toto? Well, I got reviews of new movies, including Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, which we may discuss next week on the show. I also have an interview with Adam Devine. He is one of the actors of the movie. You may know him from uh, Workaholics on Comedy Central or even Modern Family. He has a supporting role there. Very charming, funny guy. He actually came to Denver recently. Boulder, to be more specific. Adam Devine. Adam Devine. No relation to Andy Devine. I don't think so. Who was Wild Bill Hill Hickok's <laughs> sidekick in the television series. No, I don't. I think the two are and Guy Madison to... played Wild Bill Hickok, if hmm. I remember. I don't know. Is that trivia stimulus? That's right. <laughs> anyway, so he's a interesting fellow, and he talked about how he almost didn't get the role in the movie, because the movie's very, it's very kind of raunchy and R-rated, but they also wanted his character to be a little bit softer at times, a little bit more human and emotional, and they, uh, having seen some of his wackier work, they didn't think he was capable of it. So uh, we talked about that and other things, and... Yeah, kind of a, a nice young man. He's a, He always has a kind of a cherubic face, but he's 32, so he's older. And I also learned that when he was younger, he was in a car accident and a cement truck hit him, and he needed 26 surgeries to get his legs back in working order. But when I met him, I didn't know that, and he seemed perfectly fine. So kudos oh. for modern medicine. Okay. So we've got several movies to talk about today. Yes. Take us through the list. All right. We're going to talk about The Legend of Tarzan, the umpteenth version of The Lord of the Jungle. Also, The Purge election year the third movie in that series, and the BFG, the big friendly giant, from Steven Spielberg, who typically knows a thing or two about kids' movies, and we'll see if, it, if this one measures up to his past. And which one rates. of these are we going to do first? Let's do Tarzan. It's the big one. It's uh, Of course, it's no longer Johnny Weissmuller. You've got Alexander Skarsgård from True Blood is Tarzan. But now the movie starts with him not in the jungle. He's actually back in England, a very sophisticated fellow. He's married, of course, Jane, played by the lovely Margot Robbie, but he's lured back to the Congo, because there's sort of whispers that there's some sort of slavery taking root again there in the country. All sorts of bad things going on. He's actually joined by Samuel L. Jackson, who essentially plays Samuel L. Jackson, you know, sort of the wisecracking fellow. They go back to the Congo and they meet up with a new villain, played by, of course, Christoph Waltz, because he does the villain better than almost anyone. And that's where the action takes place. And there are flashbacks to how he met Jane, how he was raised in the jungle by the, the apes, and things like that. So it's not really an origin story, but you do get sort of flickers of that back past. So since Tarzan is coming mm-hmm. back now from Midtown Manhattan or wherever <laughs> he was working, is he wearing a business suit in the jungle, jungle or the loincloth? No loincloth. Kind of, I guess, pants of a certain kind, but he's shirtless and he's 
Mr. Skarsgård has clearly hit the gym. He's very buff, so if for the ladies, they may enjoy that. Of course, the gentlemen will enjoy Miss Robbie. So there's no hope that she's wearing the traditional She is Jane not. Outfit. And she's a very 21st century Jane. She, she spits in the bad guy's face. She's mm. feisty. She's all full of pluck. And I have to say, well, I enjoy that on a certain level, and it's kind of fun to see. It doesn't really harken back to the era, because this is like the late 1800s. So I don't think women in that time were sort of as ferocious. I mean, you know, you've come a long way, baby. But that's the way modern movies are. They often, even though it's set in the past, we have to kind of have the heroines to be more 21st century. And as we established last week when mm-hmm. we when we cheated this, uh, no cheetah. No cheetah. Well, there's always maybe a sequel. The movie's not doing extremely well. About uh, 46 million. It depends... If it's got legs, maybe there'll be a sequel. If it does well overseas, maybe we'll see more adventures. But it's not a strong opening, considering all the, the big bucks behind it. Happy ending? You yeah, don't have to say. I, I don't think this is the kind of franchise that's going to have a, a devastatingly downer ending. So, And they want to make more movies. So, that, Listen, they make these movies like this because they want to make Tarzan 2, 3, 4, and 5. So we have somebody who'd like to help us out with the movie review. We do. Paul, I think, is on the line. And Paul... Oh, Paul does a great impression of a busy signal, by the way. Come on, stop kidding us, Paul. Now there's the Tarzan scream. Uh-huh. You did that last week. Uh-huh. Loud, loud. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's actually a, a joke in the movie where you do hear the Tarzan cry. Yeah. And I think it was Christoph Waltz's character references. It doesn't quite sound like I expected, which is kind of true, because we know the Johnny Weissmuller is sort of the iconic cry. This one doesn't come close. When you talk about Christopher Waltz being a great villain... Mm-hmm. And Water for Elephants, for example, and mm-hmm. some other ones, too. Uh, the, the last Bond movie. Yeah, and the, the movie with, um, oh, what's the one? Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. He, he's, he's not your typical villain. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's kind of a, a sneaky villain. He's got that, that sinister smile. Oh, yeah. And he, uh, he, he doesn't go, it's not hitting you in the forehead with a two-by-four. It's sophisticated, it's low-key, but the anger is palpable, which is one of the reasons why he's such a good actor. All right, I understand that uh, Paul is back. Paul, can you hear us? I can hear you. Oh, great. And actually, I will say Paul was seated next to me for Tarzan, so I invited him to see the movie, and I was glad to get his opinion. So we get a chance to chat a little bit beforehand, so it's good to kind of know the people in the uh, Mike Rosen Movie Club. Okay, Paul, can you do that Dalton impression one more time? Oh, I can only do that once. Ah. Okay, busy signal, whatever it was. <laughs> what What do you think of the latest in the Tarzan franchise? Uh, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't anything to write home about. It was uh, kind of what you'd expect. It was kind of entertaining, but it was not a great movie by any stretch. Just curious, when was the last time you rode home? <laughs> uh, last week. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The email. That counts. You know, I, I agree with Paul. I, this wasn't a bad movie. It kept me entertained. I think it got better as it went along. I think the action increased. But you think about the character and all its potential, and I, I thought, if you're a teenager today seeing this movie, would you know about Tarzan? Would you want to see more Tarzan adventures? Would the would the character have any sort of po- power for you? And it, it didn't quite yeah. get there. What what worked for you about the movie, Paul? Well, Margot Robbie. <laughs> she was okay. But the movie, I don't know. I just thought, you know, I like Tarzan. I grew up watching Tarzan on TV. On, mm-hmm. I, I saw the Johnny Wise Muller Tarzans, and I saw there was some on some Saturday uh, matinee kind of Tarzan with Ron Eli or something when I was a kid, and I used to watch those. So, you know, uh, at least I know something about the character. I read right. some books when I was a kid even, so. You know, I was just reading about the Ron Eli's TV version of Tarzan. He suffered an enormous amount of injuries on the set of that show, which only ran about two years. But it sounds like he was – there was actually – I saw a diagram online that pointed to all the body parts he was injured in 
making that movie, so I, he really suffered for his art. But uh, I'm hoping that Alexander... It's not an easy task. That's right. Is that, is that a woodpecker in the background or an automatic nailing machine? <laughs> that, that's a Subaru. Uh, just outside of Tulsa. <laughs> it, need, it needs rings and an engine job. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, we didn't bring the Chevy this time. All right. <laughs> Now, you know the drill. We'd like you to rate it on a scale of using a, a scale of one to five using a clever unit of measure that has something to do with the movie. Well, I would give it uh, two and a half out of five extremely awkward moments with a gorilla. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading into that. I hope it's not what I think. Yeah, it's it PG-13. It it's okay. Now, yeah. for calling him, Paul gets a number of gifts. Of course, he gets the C Film Center Passes, the great movie house, on Colfax with new films, old films, classic films. Nice lobby bar. Yeah, food, beautiful drink. place to check it out. We've also got tickets to the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema, first-run movies, great amenities, food, drinks, theme nights, sing-alongs, you name it. If you love movies, that's the place for you. And Paul also gets a Tarzan gift pack. It's got a hat, a T-shirt, a backpack, a Frisbee, and I threw in a... Free State of Jones little uh, flask, which I got separately, so I'm going to throw that in there as an extra bonus. So look for that in the mail as well. No, he's going to have to pick those up here. Seriously. Okay. Yeah, I but can... if we can put it in an envelope, we send it out. Okay. Otherwise, uh, you need to pick it up here at the station. Gotcha. Okay. I can do that. And we'll give That'll you, work. we'll put you on hold, and literally we'll, we'll give you some information on how to do that. Okay? Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. By the way, was there transportation from... Mm-hmm. Vine to vine amongst the trees in this movie. It was like Spider-Man. You know how Spider-Man kind of swings from different webs? I think Tarzan has the same thing. Never gets a bad vine. Good for him. Okay. All right. All right. That's uh, movie number one. What's movie number two? We're going to get to that in just a moment. The Purge election year, the third film in the trilogy. I'm sure there'll be more because it made a lot of money at the box office and it's a low-budget affair. And it gets pretty darn political. We'll talk about that next. All right. If you'd like to get showered with gifts the way Paul just has... You can call this number, 303-713-8383. That's 713-8383. You'll hear an outgoing recorded message, and then just give your contact information, your telephone number and your email address, and we'll be in touch with you, enroll you in the Micros and Movie Club, and then we'll set an appointment, mm-hmm. and you can help us with the movie review. You can also email me directly, if you like, microsen at koanewsradio.com that's mike rosen at koanewsradio.com tell tell me you'd like to be in the movie review club mm-hmm. and uh, we will arrange that yep and then basically i email and call people each week to say hey have you seen the movies if not no big deal we'll catch up with you next time all right right back now back to mike rosen at the movies on koa news radio 850 a.m and 94.1 fm Along with Christian Toto, two of us are here every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock on KOA News Radio for our movie review segment. We just talked about the latest Tarzan film. What's coming up next? Well, we're going to talk a little bit more, Tarzan. We've got another caller. Oh, Dave okay, is on good. the line, and uh, we'll check out what he thinks of Tarzan. Dave, you on the air? Uh, hey, how's it going, guys? Good, good. good. So, what'd you think of Tarzan? Oh, man. You know, to cut right to the chase, it's not a great film. You know, <laughs> heck, it's not even that good a film. But it's not the worst movie I've seen even in the past week. I'm looking at you, Independence Day. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, kind of, it's about as substantive as like cotton candy, and you're going to forget most of the plot points by the next day. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's a pretty entertaining flick. You know, I agree. I mean, I was entertained, but I, it, it felt like a missed opportunity to me. I felt like there were so many interesting things you could do with it. And one of the things I'm thinking, you've got a man who is, I guess, sophisticated and domesticated. <laughs> now he's back in the jungle. I kind of want to see, a, I guess, a more feral side of him. I mean, yes, he fights, and he's an action hero, but... I don't know. I think there's I think there's a lot of themes they could have brought into the story, which I think we're kind of just left behind. Oh, absolutely. When when, when the entire discussion of human trafficking doesn't get past mm, slavery is a bad thing. Yes. <laughs> I, 
this is a popcorn movie. I mean, Alexander Skarsgård is there to show off his abtastic magnificence. Mm-hmm. You know, Christoph Waltz is just to be a serviceable bad guy. Sam Jackson's the he's the comic relief. You know, Margot Robbie, I think, was the only person who was really fun in the movie. Like, just how much she fought. She wasn't really, you know, the traditional damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. And she insulted all the bad guys every chance she got, <laughs> which was great. But beyond that, I mean, yeah, there's not much to this movie. Yeah. Call me weird. I thought the the, the best scene of the movie is when Christoph Waltz is having dinner with Margot Robbie's Jane. And they're kind of, it's almost like a psychological war of words that, that are going on, and they're kind of insulting and kind of feeling each other out. I thought that was interesting. And, and it just hinted at what you could do with a movie like this, beyond the popcorn and the razzle-dazzle and the, F, the special effects. And I don't know, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm an atypical moviegoer, but I think that shows what you could do in addition to the regular vine swinging and stuff. Yeah, it's the only scene that had some real tension in it, and mm-hmm. they, they pulled off the tension well. Like, that's the kicker. is you, That's like the scene that shows this movie could have been so much more. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty, pretty obvious that they just wanted to go for a big, dumb popcorn adventure movie. You know, as long, yeah. as, as, long as Tarzan can run around like a gorilla with the gorillas, that's really all that matters. Now, Dave, one of the things that struck me kind of hit a sour note with the trailer, which I felt in the movies, I, I know they have to do CGI to bring up the gorillas. I know they can't have gorillas and Tarzan interact without it looking ridiculous. But I feel like the whole film just felt... I don't know if fake is too strong a word because it looks realistic, but it just felt artificial to me. Whereas you really want Tarzan to be, you know how the Star Wars movie went sort of practical effects, that that mode. I feel like this movie went in the other direction, and I think that really hurt it a little bit. It it certainly didn't help add anything to the fact that there were, in reality, you know, at the end of the day, there weren't any real stakes in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, you didn't feel like anyone was really in danger. Oh, man, that person died. That stinks. Well, what's the the next part of the movie? You know, there's just like, I think it gets back to the lack of substance, you know. Mm -hmm. if there's no, even if it looks pretty, a complete lack of substance is still going to come through in a trailer, and I think that's what we saw. I mean, that's why we didn't show that trailer when we did the panel at Comic Con. That's right. Dave and I worked together in the uh, recent Comic Con. We showed some trailers for upcoming movies. Well, you had a great idea with the Star uh-huh. Wars connection, since they didn't have Cheetah in the movie mm-hmm. as his sidekick. Sort right. of, they could have had Yoda at his, oh, as his sidekick, or even Chewbacca. Huh? He would look right and comfortable in the uh, jungle there. Well, maybe for the <laughs> second version of this, the sequel. You know, as, as much as I love Samuel L. Jackson, who adds just excitement and, and humor to everything. His character here, which is similar to his character in, I forget his last movie, it just sounds like the 21st century Samuel L. Jackson set in an 1890s movie. He's kind of cracking wise and using kind of contemporary language. And, I mean, is, can't you write a good script for Samuel L. Jackson that takes advantage of his sort of his charisma without kind of falling into those tropes? I don't know. It's just... <laughs> kind of well, me the wrong way. Considering everyone pretty much sleepwalks through this movie, you know, it, <laughs> it, it, you know, I some people absolutely loathe this movie. I can't go that far. It's a fun couple hours. You know, you're going to forget half of what happened by the next day. Uh-huh. So, I mean, there are worse things in the world, but it's it's not a good movie. And it's, I think if the budget was lower, it'd be like, you know, this is a fun, breezy, lighthearted movie. It's no big deal. But I guess the stakes are high, and it's a summer blockbuster, and you want to make it a franchise. And I think from that perspective, it seems less successful. Give us a rating on it. I, I you know, I'd probably give it like. Two loincloths out of five. All right. But he wasn't wearing a loincloth. <laughs> well, in honor of the past Tarzans. Yes, the, the traditional Tarzans. You never loin, do you? <laughs> uh. Okay, we've got a couple of prizes for you. Yep, we've got passes to the Sea Film Center on Colfax. Cool movies, new, old, classics, stuff you haven't seen. Check out what they have to offer. Also a very cool lobby, place to have food and drinks, a little bit upscale if you want a kind of a nice experience. Bring a date. It's a nice way to uh, show off that you're you're a serious movie fan. Of course, the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema, all the new films, classic films. They've got sing-alongs. They've got they actually have directors and actors and producers and screenwriters will come to 
the Littleton Theater and, you know, take Q&As, do things like that. So it's always just check out their show, check out their, their screenings, check out what their programming is all about. Great stuff. But no matrons to give you a hard time, right? No, no. No, if you, t- if you text or talk, though, you might get a, mm. you might find yourself outside the theater, but that's the way it should be. Okay. What's up next? Let's talk about Purge, the Purge election year. It's the third film in the Purge series. This one has gotten more political as it's moved on. Now, the Purge, the basic premise, if you haven't seen the first two films, is once a year, the Purge happens. That is a 12-hour period where everything and anything is legal. Rape, murder, theft, whatever you want to do, you can do. With the theory that it purges us, humanity, of our sort of baser instincts. This is set in the near future. This is set in America. And the new founding fathers are the sort of the the power, the political party in power that created the purge and that are basically enjoying the the bonuses of the purge. Because in the movie series, crime is down and the economy is booming. And one of the reasons why they say that is because sort of the the lower classes, the downtrodden, often get wiped out each year when the purge comes along. So it's sort of like limiting the poorest to the poor. And that way it's a boost to the economy. And that's the vision of this particular franchise. So in the new film, you've got a presidential candidate who hates the purge. She actually lost family members in the purge, and she wants to do away with it. And, of course, the, her opponent wants to keep the purge and wants to shut her down permanently. So it's all about protecting this particular candidate for presidency and other sort of subplots are involved from there. Is there any danger of an indictment for uh, careless use of emails in this one? <laughs> Not at all, but there's other stuff that you could get arrested for, for sure. Lots of violence, lots of bloodshed. This is a franchise known for that sort of hardcore, almost like a horror movie in a sense, as far as its depravity. But along the way, there's lots of messages about sort of the haves and the have-nots, the, you know, the, 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 uh, the 1%, uh, a lot of slams against the NRA, about insurance companies, like that. So uh, we do have a call of someone who uh, has seen the Purge election year. Ronald, you on there? Can you hear us, Ronald? Let's see if Ron's there. Let's see if Ron's there. Let's see. Ron, you there? Yes. Ah, okay. Ah. Now, I will say Ronald and I again sat together. I invited some callers to some of the recent yeah. movies, so I got a chance to see with him, but I want to have Ronald share his thoughts on the movie. What do you think of The Purge? Well, as I think I mentioned to you that night, I didn't realize that was Purge 2. There was another movie before that one, mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen it. So when I got my popcorn and my soda and I sit down next to you, I think you, you saw me jumping every time <laughs> there was a there was a shot fired or someone was killed. And and I, you know, guess, you know, again, not being a person who enjoys violent movies, it was a little it was a little much for me. Gotcha. So I guess I guess if I was trying to give you. My opinion, if I was telling someone to go to see it, make sure you know that there's a lot of violence. Yeah, this is not a movie for the squeamish, that's for sure. Did you find anything interesting or thought-provoking about it? Because there are some, they are kind of pushing some interesting subjects our way. And as, yeah, I think that if you really look at the movie and think about it, and I've thought about it ever since, there was a lot that's going on in that movie that's actually going on, you know, today. And you know, real life. It's mm-hmm. just that they, they, I think, taking it to the hilt. I mean, they're not people being shot, killed on the streets like they are mm-hmm. in the film. But a lot of the things that are happening, you know, in in politics, in in uh, society. I mean, you, you can you can you can you can pull it from that movie and say, well, this could really happen mm-hmm. if if you know if things are not. Um, address. I mean, because you know, laws are passed, and politicians and 
people are in positions to make make laws that could actually lead to things like that. And the movie is a very cynical look at our future, too, I will say that. And uh, I, you, you talk about some of the things that are happening now in Echoing Society. A lot of the. F- it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. film does deal with the sort of racial tensions as a... As a a black shop owner who's sort of uh, trying to protect his store because he the surge the purge is happening and anyone could attack him and he is attacked mm-hmm. during the movie so it's you know it's is there anything you didn't like the film and I under I completely understand why and yet you're you've thought about it ever since so I in some ways it does it does leave a mark yeah well, well the, the sci-fi so aspect you, of it really if you mm-hmm. really think about it and as a, as I've spoken to people about the film mm-hmm. since I saw it as I say if those things could really happen and are happening just not at, not at that level. Thank goodness. Right? Yeah, well, the, un- the underlying premise is preposterous. Okay, let's start with that. Yeah, but you know, it's... this is a this is a movie. You suspend disbelief mm-hmm. when you do this. And this movie has right. been successful. It made thirty six million the opening weekend. And they keep the budgets of these films low, so even if it's not very successful, mm-hmm. they can keep making them. And the fact that it's already it's in the it's already made its money back. You'll see, you'll it's see not a hundred forty million dollar movie. Right, exactly. Like I mean, it's BFG, a lower scale, which we're going to talk about yep. next. But uh, right. Ronald, do you want to give the movie a, a rating from a scale of one to five using sort of a measurement that kind of ties into the film? Well, I would give it a, a definitely a, a three for keeping you on the end of your seat. Three three watts. You need a unit of measure oh, that has something to do with the movie. Something to do with the movie. That's right. Um, the movie was about oh, something to do with that movie. Yes. It was about so much. I, if you I, don't I, come up with one, you get an electric shock and we purge you. Yeah. Okay. I Actually, think... Ronald, I'll give mine. I'll give you, I'll give you a couple okay. seconds. I'm going to give the movie two stolen candy bars because that was sort of one of the uh, impetuses. Can you say impetuses? Can you use the plural? I'll let you use it. For it's a Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go with it. It's one of the okay, sparks well, that sort of sets off the uh, the tension in the movie. Okay. Okay. Well, you have to give me a get on one that's a little more... Less violent than I can give you something for that. Well, one. Give us a banana cream pie, three <laughs> banana <laughs> cream pie. We'll okay. take that. All right. Okay. All right, Ron. Thank, thank you. Thanks, thank Ronald. You. What does he get? All right, take care. He gets tickets to the C Film Center on Colfax, and also tickets to the Alamo, Alamo Draft House Cinema in Littleton. Okay. Now stay tuned, Ron, because we're going to talk about this next one that you'll like a lot more. And this is a movie made for kids, and it's a Steven Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. It's called BFG, and BFG stands for Big Friendly Giant, Giant. and it's a fantasy movie. But set in in modern times, Mm -hmm. involving, of all people, the Queen of England, (laughs) takes place in London. You see the Houses of Parliament and the Thames and Big Ben. And uh, a little girl by the name of Sophie is abducted, Mm -hmm. but with good intent. That's right. By BFG. We'll tell you about that when we come back after these words. Now with extra butter, it's Mike Rosen at the movies on KOA News Radio, 850 AM and 94.1 FM. 
Incidentally, talking about extra butter on your popcorn, when I go to Boulder's Dinner Theater, BDT Stage, as we now mm-hmm. call it, I don't bring my own popcorn because the food is great and you have plenty to eat off an a la carte menu. Uh, as I said, Footloose is the current production. It runs all through the summer until September 3rd. Best entertainment value in town, $39 for both the performance and the dinner mm. served at, at your table, obviously, by the stars of the show. They're not going to serve it to you in your car. It's not a Sonic, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, heads up, too, as well. Their next production, which uh, starts September 9th, is called Midlife 2. It's a it's a follow-up to Midlife the Crisis musical, which is a lot of fun. So if you're making mm-hmm. some advanced plans, you can call them right now and get the best dates and the best seats. As always, here's the number to call for information and reservations at BDT Stage in Boulder. 303-449-6000. That's 303-449-6000. Be sure to tell them Mike Rosen sent you. All right, let's talk about BFG. This mm-hmm. is a Spielberg movie. Yes. $140 million was the budget. Eesh. Kind of a disappointing first weekend as far as money. Very disappointing, about $22 million or so. And usually Spielberg brings in much more box office. And also, this is a kid's film. You know, a lot. Of, this is the summertime. Typically, those movies make a lot more. And uh, I don't know whether it was not marketed well enough or just, you know, very uh, difficult climate for other films. I mean, Finding Dory is sucking up all the atmosphere. That's big. I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah. Also, it opened Fourth of July weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of iffy as far as people going to the movies. People are doing other things. Yeah. You think they'd be outdoor having p- picnics and all sorts of, out, uh, you know, summertime adventures, not going to the theaters. But we'll see. Maybe it'll, maybe people have good good word of mouth. They'll check it out. They'll tell their friends. But... Other than that, when you make a movie that big, and that's why the the whole Hollywood system is so precarious right now, because these budgets are so big. If you don't make it in the first weekend, it could be a big disaster. They're looking for a good overseas market Absolutely. on this one. And the industry has done some instant analysis on this and, mm-hmm. and why the at least the opening bucks weren't as as big as they had expected. This is based on a, a book by Roald Dahl, which was published in 1982. Mm-hmm. Now, think about the, the demographics on this regarding age. The, the kids who grew up reading this book may be just a little bit too young to have movie-going age children of mm-hmm. their own. It's situated right where Generation X ends and the millennial territory begins. And uh, the, so the, the novel's core fan base is currently in their mid to late 20s and 30s and doesn't have little kids to bring to the movies yet in most yep. cases. That's true. Why. It's... But it's, it's clever, and I, I just love Spielberg's mm-hmm. work. Uh, it, it features um, Mark... Rylance, mm-hmm. who you'll remember from Bridge of Spies, he played the, the Russian spy Rudolf yeah. Abel and won a ton of awards. He won an Academy Award for that and awards from, from many other mm-hmm. uh, societies. Uh, I really like him. He's 56 years old. He's a Brit who spent time in the United States when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got an Irish background as well. Uh, he was perfectly suited for this role. And, of course, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an animated role. But they've, I think they're using motion capture because yes, you can see capture. his face. You can obviously it's his voice, but it really kind of captures him in a very fanciful way. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful presentation. It's a great showing of how you can use special effects toward a great storytelling technique. I didn't love the story itself, but as far as presenting a character who's very three dimensional, it feels real. The BFG feels real to me. So it's not to give the wrong impression. The entire movie is not animated. No, no. Uh, there are elements of it that are animated, mm-hmm. uh, and there are real-life characters. Uh, Sophie is an orphan girl. She lives in, in London. At the very beginning, you see the sign orphanage on the building where she lives. Uh, she's kind of a night crawler of sorts. <laughs> she doesn't sleep well through the night. So late one evening, she's awake. She's told never to look out the window. Uh-huh. And don't pull the curtains back. 
Well, she does in the middle of the night, opens the window, pulls the curtain back, and she gets a glimpse of this giant. I mean, 24-foot-tall mm-hmm. giant, kind of hiding in the shadows and walking through the streets, and he sees her. Mm-hmm. And he reaches his arm into her dormitory room and grabs her and takes her away with no violent uh, intent. Mm -hmm. He'll explain why he took her away because he's been seen. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want London to panic and come after him and takes her away to the land of the giants, which is a hop, skip and a jump across the North Sea or something <laughs> like that. Does he take the, 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 the uh, what's the, uh, oh, the transportation in London, the uh, tube? The underground. In the ground, the tube, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in addition to that, his, his, his business, his job back mm-hmm. in the land of the giants, he's a dream catcher. He yes. catches dreams and he saves them. And there are good dreams and bad dreams. The good dreams are kind of blue and yellow. The bad dreams are red and yeah. very good. And they spend a lot of time and effort kind of displaying the dreams in that process. And I kind of felt it bogged the film down a little bit. Yeah, the, the bad giants are bad. And by the way, the bad giants are three times bigger than he is. Yeah. They don't they don't hurt him, but they, they harass him and they throw him him. around. They played a little, a little football catch with him <laughs> at one point. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, the bad giants uh, don't like vegetables. <laughs> And they do like what they call beans, mm-hmm. but the beans that they like are human beans. Yes. Yeah. And they catch Sophie's scent and they look for her. Mm-hmm. And BFG, the big friendly giant, is protecting her. Now, as the movie develops, the Queen of England is brought into this. <laughs> QE2. Uh, I, I saw the actress and I said, wait, she looks familiar. Who's that woman playing the Queen of England? And it's the, the woman who plays Isabel in Downton Abbey. Ah. Recognize her right off. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of an edgy role. But in this one, she's a very, very nice queen of England. And I thought, that, I thought the, to me, the film picked up during those sequences. They're kind of sweet and charming. And they're, they're kind of fluffy in a sense. But I thought it was, it was a nice little twist. I was getting a little, I think the giant and the girl dynamic was getting a little stale for me at that point. Yeah, her name is Penelope Wilton, by the way, the mm-hmm. one who plays Isabel in Downton, Downton Abbey. And she's sought out by Sophie and the big friendly giant to to help them to mm-hmm. to help them perform a uh, giant ectomy an exercise <laughs> a special ops exercise to go after the right. the big unfriendly mm-hmm. unfriendly giants. So the movie picks up speed at that uh, yeah. at that point. But uh, I took my uh, my uh, granddaughter. We we saw it the other night, mm-hmm. and uh, she's five years old. Uh, so she did pretty well in a movie that was about an hour and a half, um, and her her interest picked up too, and it got a little more exciting toward mm-hmm. the uh, toward the end. So it, it's definitely a kids' film, and, yeah. and the afternoon I was there, there were plenty of parents with their kids in the movie, and the kids seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, you know, the one thing about the film is a lot of the kids' films today, their humor is a little more sophisticated, a little more subtle. Some of the Pixar films are a great example. This one felt a little kid-like, and even in the humor, the little pratfalls, little sort of slapstick. It didn't feel... Sometimes these movies have a little bit of a heft for the adults. This one didn't really have that. Bill Hader was one of the the big mean giants. And, mm-hmm. of course, again, you don't see Bill Hader right, as, right. as you expect him to look. Uh, he, he's getting a lot of work. Yeah, you know, he's from Saturday Night Live. He's a, he's a, he's a great, um, not a ventriloquist, the uh, um, mimic. He can, impressionist. Know, right, impressionist. So he does a lot of great different impressions. But he's doing a lot of a variety of roles. Like some are serious, some more comic. Very funny guy, very talented guy, too, so... He, his character is Flesh Lump Eater, <laughs> and he's the, one of the 50-foot giants, yeah. twice as big as, mm-hmm. 
as our friend BFG. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll rate that and maybe talk about some movies we're going to discuss for next sure. Saturday. You're listening to Mike Rosen at the Movies on KOA News Radio, 8.50 a.m. and 94.1 FM. Mike and Christian back with you. We've been just talking about the movie BFG. Since it opens up in an orphanage in London, as we mm-hmm. said, I was expecting somebody to come out singing, the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> so it wasn't an Annie kind of a it wasn't thing. An Daddy Warbucks wasn't an And I'm trying to think some of the funny words they use because he speaks in this language. And then I, there's one thing I think it's, presents flatulence is that one of the one of the funny yeah there is things? a flatulence scene which was in uh-huh. the original book as i understand it mm-hmm. involving the queen of england as well <laughs> based on something they've been eating and right. that's done tastefully yeah it's not too over the top but it's it's goofy but he his 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 sort of language is peppered with all these sort of cute little make-believe words and i think that's what a part of the fun one of the best scenes i thought in the movie mm-hmm. was when bfg the big friendly giant is actually invited to sit down for breakfast yes with yes the queen of england <laughs> and uh in order to satisfy his huge appetite, of course, they have to bring him about a hundred eggs and, <laughs> and other things in a in a magnitude and dimension that suits his physique. Gotcha. So that, was, that was that was a funny scene. My own junior film critic, my son, who is seven, was not a fan of this movie. He was kind of bored by it. So I, I, I think, I, but he watches a lot of stuff. So maybe he's getting he's getting as jaded as Pappy. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, your granddaughter liked it. I'd be curious. She to liked other it. Kids. Yeah. Get on, yeah, get I'd, I'd recommend it. Mm-hmm. And and you need to go with your kids because you need to explain some things uh-huh. to them. Also, the dialogue is a little tough to follow because of the way BFG speaks. Yes, yes. And if you can figure some of those mm-hmm. things out and and help you. I gave my uh, granddaughter, Jenna uh, Lynn, a, a running uh, analysis and commentary. <laughs> so it, it helped her. Uh-huh. And it's funny, you mentioned Mark Rylance. Won the Oscar last year. He's got this role. I think he's got other work lined up. I think mostly a, a, a stage actor from his past. And here's a fellow of super talented in his mid-50s. It's almost like Hollywood just discovered him, and all of a sudden he's going to be in new movies. And I guess you could say about Christoph Waltz, because, I mean, he isn't, you know, he wasn't really Came known. late. Yeah, in, in earlier in his life, I'm sure he was doing work in other, he's probably doing work overseas. But, uh, yeah, kind of a, a late bloomer, but we're gre- glad to have him. Not like Christopher Waltz was in the Our Gang comedy. Right. I don't remember That's him right. as Alfalfa. Right. <laughs> That's Mark Rylance uh, uh-huh. played at the Shakespeare's Globe Theater in, mm-hmm. in Southwark, London, which was a, a recreation of the original Globe. And he played uh, in The Two Gentlemen of Verona. He played in Henry V. He played Hamlet in Hamlet. So he was a, a legitimate Shakespearean actor. Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah, so I, I'm a little mad at him because he, he won the Oscar last year over Silver, Sylvester Stallone for um, Creed. Uh, and for the sentimental side of me just loved that performance, but Rylance was terrific, so it's hard to hard to get too angry at him. All right, for the uh, for the kiddies, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this uh, four really stinky vegetables. <laughs> right. I forget what the name of that vegetable was. They're 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 tongue twisters, that's for sure. Sophie but, uh, hides in this vegetable, <laughs> which is larger than life, yeah. to disguise her scent. From mm-hmm. the bad giants. It works all too well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a little bit mean on this one. I'm going to give it two and a half Zs because I really did want to not off mid-movie. <laughs> well, don't rate this by what interests Christian. You have to put yourself in the, <laughs> I know, I know. The but shoes I, but of I think that today's modern family movies are a little peppier, a little more interesting yeah. than this. So. Well, I agree. All right, what do we got coming up? It's a little bit of a lean week. The following week is Ghostbusters, which will give us lots to talk about. But this week, we've got Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. And it's, it sounds like a ridiculous title. It is, but... It is loosely based on a true story about these two fun-loving guys who put out an, an ad, I think it was on Craigslist, looking for dates for a wedding and uh, looking for respectable girls. The ad went viral, and all of a sudden they get lots of uh, 
potential dates, and they meet these two girls. In the movie, they're played by Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza. And, of course, the girls are just as wacky and outrageous and off the wall as the boys. That's the whole setup set here. Very R-rated comedy. Tries to be sort of sweet and raunchy at the same time. I didn't think it was that successful, frankly. I was not very impressed by it. But uh, maybe check it out. If you like the actors in it, it's got also Zac Efron and Adam Devine, which I mentioned before. So that's the big new movie this week. And also The Secret Life of Pets, about when you close the door, when you leave for the day, what does your dog, your cat, your, your parrot do? Of course, they talk amongst themselves and get into all sorts of hijinks. That's a new animated film with Louis C.K. and Albert Brooks and Kevin Hart, some of the celebrity voices. So once again, you got a killer cast. That's the same kind of device that was used in Toy Story then. Yeah, right? exactly. Once they, uh, the, the, the words doors... for toys, let's use it for pets. Exactly. Why not? How about this movie, Our Kind of Traitor? I haven't seen that yet, but it's a new, it's a John Le, Le, John Le Carré. John Le Carré. He's not really a Frenchman, no. He's an Englishman. That's mm-hmm. just his... Not so the plume. A new spy drama. It's got Ewan McGregor and a couple of the good actors in there. So that one might be one we can tackle next week. All right. Anything good coming out in the next two or three weeks? Give me something to really look forward to. I'm trying to think. You know, Ghostbusters is the big popcorn pop culture movie. There's a Star Trek movie coming out uh, in a couple of weeks, Star Trek Beyond. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is the time of year to get sort of the bubblegum movies. It's you're going to get more of the same. So I don't think I think if you're looking for serious fare, you may have to go to the indie realm. And check things out there. So, uh, you know, or check out your uh, Comcast On Demand. Sometimes they have movies that are still in theaters, maybe some sort of landmark type of movies. I just saw a trailer for mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, okay. which must mean its release is imminent. Yes. July, July sometime? 15th. July 15th. What did you think of the trailer? Because that was the so the story of the, uh, the trailer. is It became the most hated trailer on YouTube. Uh, trailer didn't do anything for me. And yeah. I didn't have great expectations for the movie as well. Yeah. So that's, there it is. So. But, you know, it's a big brand. People are dying to see Ghostbusters again. Now it's four females. Ghostbusters instead of four males. There's been a lot of hue and cry about that. Will it be a game changer? Will it be just sort of a shrug? I don't know. We'll see. Well, Melissa McCarthy, who's mm-hmm. who's in this one. Oh, the cast is very good. You know, th- this new genre mm-hmm. of women being as raunchy as men in mm-hmm. that whole genre of movies yes. where you've got the the bachelors and those, kind, those kinds of movies. So women have... have uh, Hit the point of equality now, such that That's they right. can, they can be as as silly and gross and they and, can. Uh, <laughs> outrageous body. Yeah, outrageous crazy. is a good word. Yeah, and that actually started with Bridesmaids, and the director of Bridesmaids is the director of the new Ghostbusters. So that's Paul Feig, and uh, we've got Melissa McCarthy, Leslie Jones from Saturday Night Live, Kate McKinnon, who does a pretty good Hillary Clinton impression. And then also uh, Kristen Wiig, another SNL alum. So good cast. This one got some good reviews. Mm -hmm. I've just heard very little about it. It came on my radar screen today when I was looking at the paper. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Does this mean anything to you at all? No, that one's not on my radar. I think it's with kids, but it's not Mm -hmm. purely a kid movie. Uh, Check that out and let me know. We can can kick that around. I think it's coming to the Esquire Theater. Mm -hmm. That's part of that whole landmark. Uh, series of theaters with gotcha. some re- with, with the art films and and uh, the kind of films that you don't see in in all the bigger bigger theaters and they usually have some very good ones that gotcha. I like to mention if mm-hmm. they're out there absolutely and also for fans of this show if you check out Mike Rosen on Facebook we always update people on what the reviews will be coming the following week so in a couple of days we'll post a hey have you seen this particular movie so always check in with Mike Rosen if you're not a fan of his on Facebook like his page. Check it out, and you'll keep up to date with all the newest stuff. And if you'd like to join the Mike Rosen Movie Club and get to participate with us, just call this number, 303-713-8383. That's 713-8383. You'll hear an outgoing recorded message. Leave your contact information, 
That's your telephone number and your email address, and we will get in touch with you. There's mm-hmm. no fee to join the Mike Rosen Movie Club. No secret handshakes. Nothing. No nothing, Dakota rings, anything like fancy. that. But we'll make an appointment with you, and then on Saturday morning, we'll have you on the air. You can tell us about the movie. Rated on a scale of one to five, using a clever unit of measure that has something to do with the movie, and Christian will shower you with gifts for that. One other way is just to email me, Mike Rosen at KOANewsradio.com. That's Mike Rosen at KOANewsradio.com. Again, leave your contact information. I will call you personally. What a kick that'll be. Aha. <laughs> and uh, then we'll sign you up, and you can be with us Saturday at the movies. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.